Well, good morning everyone uh, and a very warm welcome to our all-age service here at Long Crendon Baptist Church. It's lovely to see you all in the building uh, and a big warm welcome if you're watching on at home as well. Now, as we kick things off this morning, I want to ask you a question. Why are you here? Why have you decided to come out on a cold, dreary Sunday morning? You've not had a lie-in, you've come into church, you're going to sit here with a mask on for an hour. Why have you come here? Maybe you've just been dragged along by your parents. <laughs> Maybe you're coming here because it's just what you've done every Sunday morning for the past 30, 40, 50 years. That's what you do on a Sunday morning. Maybe you don't even know why you're really here or why you're watching on at home. See, it's worth taking a second to remind ourselves why we come to church on a Sunday morning. See, we don't come to church because coming to church makes us a Christian. We don't come to church because we make, it makes us think that I'll please God that we're here. We don't just come to church so we can catch up and see our friends after the service. No, we come to church so that we can praise God together and we can hear what he has to say to us. We hear from God through his word, which we're going to be looking at a little bit later on. And we praise God by singing and praising him for who he is, what he's done for us. We praise him because for who he is and because he sent Jesus to save us. He sent Jesus to die on the cross to take our sins away. That's why we praise God. So we're going to start our time this morning by singing, by singing in praise. Now, obviously, in the building, we still can't sing with our mask on, but you can sing along at home. We're going to sing and praise God for who he is and for what Jesus has done for us. But before we get there, let's take a moment and still our hearts, focus on him. Let me pray and then we're going to go for two songs together. Let's pray. These verses from 1 Peter chapter 1 say, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come together this morning as a church family and spend time fixing our eyes on you, hearing from your word and praising you together. I pray that you would help us all do that this morning. You would help us put aside any of the things that have been going on this week and you would help us focus our eyes on you, who you are and what you've done for us. Help us all, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the reading this morning is from uh, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. De- devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer to everyone. That's great. Thank you so much for reading. Great job. And good actions, everyone. I'm going to be still trying to get those fingers out. It's going to be ages until I get that sorted, but very, very well done. 
Now, this morning, we are back in the book of Colossians. We've got a third and final Sunday in our three Sundays of all age services, looking at Colossians chapter four. Now, here's a challenge for you as we start. I wonder if you can think back to the last couple of Sundays, a couple of months ago and then last month. Can you remember what the two things we looked at were? You've got 30 seconds with the person next year. Think back. Can you remember? Okay, there's some conversation, it looked like some confident faces. In case you can't remember, back in the first week, back a couple of months ago, we looked at Colossians chapter 4 verse 2, and we saw how the gospel, how the good news about Jesus impacts our prayers. We saw three things, we saw how we should be devoted to prayer, how we should be watchful, looking for things to pray for, and we should be thankful in the way that we pray. That was week one. Uh, week two, then we looked at, at verses three to five, where Paul tells us to be wise in the way that we act. The gospel impacts our actions. And this week, third week, we're going to see how the gospel, how the good news about Jesus impacts our words, how the gospel impacts the words that we say. We're going to see how we can speak about Jesus for ourselves and how the way that we speak really does matter. Now, when I say speaking about Jesus, I wonder what the first thing is that pops into your mind. Maybe you think someone like Neil or Colin up here on a Sunday morning giving a sermon, 25 minutes with a PowerPoint application, all of that jazz, standing up at the front preaching. Maybe you think about someone standing on a street corner, maybe with a megaphone and a big sign shouting, repent and believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. Or maybe you think of a big name Christian scholar, someone in a debating chamber who seems to have all the answers. Now, of course, all of these things do involve speaking about Jesus. But I imagine for the vast majority of us, doing something like that would be scary, right? (laughs) Doing something like that would be not something we'd want to do. Imagine if I picked on one of you. Right, hope you come, Rob. You've got 10 minutes now. Uh, talk about Jesus. You'd be petrified, right? If I picked on one of you, you wouldn't know where to start to try and do something like that. Obviously, some people are called to be standing up at the front and to be speaking loudly about Jesus. But does that mean that they're the only people who are allowed to speak? Well, we're going to see today in these verses that we're going to look at that that isn't the case. Paul helps us see that speaking about Jesus is for each and every one of us. Now, before we get to the verses, again, turn to the person next to you to help us think about this. Again, you've got another 30 seconds to discuss this question. Okay? Is football coming home? (laughs) After last night's victory, two games, is football coming home? Are England going to win the Euros? 30 seconds, person next to you, are they going to? And why do you think that? Oh, much more conversation than there was about remembering what we did the last few weeks. Good. Good. Oh, lots of good chat going on. What do we reckon? Is it coming home? More than 50-50, maybe. Maybe not quite confident, but good. Right, you see, at the moment, speaking about something like the football is a pretty normal thing to talk about, isn't it? It's on everyone's lips, particularly after the game yesterday. Speaking about football is something you might do at school. On Monday morning with your friends in the playground, it might be something you speak to with your colleagues over a Zoom meeting at some point this week or to your neighbour over the fence. See, something like this is normal. 
every day. And it's something you might have a conversation about in the next week. And when Paul speaks to us and says how we can speak about Jesus, he uses that word too. He uses the word conversation. Look at the first few words of the verse we're going to be looking at. Paul says, let your conversation. Paul doesn't say, let your preaching. Paul doesn't say, let your standing on a street corner or let your debating. No, he says, your conversation. See, having a conversation is something that I'm sure each and every one of us will do every single day. It's something that's completely normal. Speaking about Jesus, Paul says, is for each and every one of us. We can speak about him with our friends at school in the playground. We can speak about him across the desk to a colleague. We can speak about him to the postman as he delivers our parcels. We can speak about Jesus in everyday conversation. And it's for each and every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest. If you can have a conversation, Paul says, then you're qualified to speak about Jesus. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, okay, Cal, that's, that's great. I know I should speak about Jesus, but sometimes I just don't know how. How can I speak about Jesus in the conversation? So make it normal and make it natural. Where do I go and what do I do? Well, thankfully, we'll see in these verses that Paul gives us some help into what that might look like. Let's continue in the verse. The first thing Paul says, he says, let your conversation be always full of grace. Let your conversation be full of grace. Now, it's important to have a clear idea of what grace means. Grace, in simple terms, is receiving kindness or receiving something good that you just don't deserve. Receiving something good that you just don't deserve. It would be like if you, you've had an argument, you've been naughty, you know you've done something wrong, and yet your parents still come in and give you an amazing gift. You know you really don't deserve it because of how you've behaved, but you still get given it anyway. It would be like at work, you know you've really not put in that much effort, you know you could have done better, you've not been performing very well, Yet, your boss still comes in and gives you that promotion and gives you the pay rise, even though deep down, you really know you don't deserve it. You've been given it anyway. And you see, those are a couple of examples of what grace might look like. But the best and the most perfect example of grace is the grace that God has shown to us. The grace that God has shown to us in Jesus even though we reject God, even though we decide to go our own way, God still sent Jesus to die, to take the punishment that we deserve. And instead, we get to have a relationship with God and to have eternal life with him. God sending Jesus is the perfect example of grace. So here, when Paul says, let your conversation be full of grace, he means let your conversation be full of the greatest source of grace. Let your conversation be full of Jesus. Let your words be full of Jesus. The words we say should be about Jesus and the amazing grace and his undeserved kindness that he's shown us. What does that look like in practice? We know we should speak about Jesus, but what does that look like? What might that look like? Well, this may seem really straightforward and quite simple, but it's good to be reminded of. The only way we can speak about Jesus 
is to say the name Jesus in our conversation, right? You wouldn't be talking about a famous celebrity and not use their name, would you? Ed Sheeran, you'd mention that if you were talking about him. You wouldn't talk about the football without mentioning football, the subject of what you're talking about. And so in the same way, if we want to speak about Jesus, we need to get the name Jesus into our conversation. Now, when someone asks you on a Monday morning, say, what you've been up to at the weekend, I wonder what kind of things you say. Maybe say, oh, watch the film Friday night, spent some time outside going for a cycle Saturday, time with friends. Maybe if you're feeling particularly brave, you might mention, oh, well, uh, I, was, I was at church on Sunday, then I went uh, and I had a nice lunch somewhere. What might it look like to not just leave it there, but just to take that extra step and speak about Jesus? Don't just speak about church or what you did, speak about Jesus. Mention Jesus. You could say, I went out for a meal and went to church on Sunday morning. Uh, and at church, we were looking at how Jesus has an impact on our words. If you've got something on during the week, say, oh, well, we were at home when we were looking at the resurrection of Jesus. It's taking it that one step further and mentioning the name Jesus. If our conversation is to be full of grace, then our conversation is to be full of Jesus. And we can't talk about Jesus if we don't use his name. So this week, why not at some point try and get the word Jesus into your conversation? Tell someone about what you learned this morning, what you've been looking at, at impact or adventurers, at home group, or as you've read the Bible for yourself, get the name Jesus into your conversation. People may ignore it. They may not be interested. They may not be bothered. But there might just be that one person, as soon as you say that name, they might be interested. They might just spark up a conversation about something really important. And that will give you the opportunity to speak of the amazing grace that Jesus has shown you. So that's Paul's first point. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Let the words you say be about Jesus and about the great grace that God has shown us through him. Now, before we get to Paul's second points, we're going to stand and sing again. We're going to sing about that wonderful grace we've received in Jesus. It's another action song, and it's got one of my favorite actions in it, where it says, where grace abounds. It's a song all about grace. We're going to stand, uh, and we're going to sing Rescuer together. Uh, and after that, Rob and Jackie are going to come and lead us in some prayer. So let's stand and do the actions and sing along at home to Rescuer. Let's stand. So we pray together. Let's pray. We come to you, O Lord, our God, in the precious name of Jesus, our rescuer. You, O Lord, are the way, the truth and the life. We look to you and remember if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. You free us from sin. May your grace abound in our lives. Free us to praise you, to trust you. Let all that is is within us praise your holy name. We pray that the words we say and the thoughts we have may be pleasing to you. We thank you for the strength you give us to cope with difficult times. You say to us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Please be close to Philip and Judy Hewer, Pippa and Lila, and Arthur, 
and all those coping with difficult times. Thank you for the wisdom you give when we have to make decisions. We pray for our church meeting this week and ask that we may know your leading and hear your gracious voice as we look ahead and look back with gratitude in our hearts. Lord, when we look around and sometimes feel hopeless, we thank you for the hope you give. You are our living hope. We pray for all those with troubled or anxious minds at this time. Thank you that you supply all of our needs. Please guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your grace which abounds to us. We pray for Beryl, Sid and Jen and all those recovering from treatment and surgery. Thank you that we see your hand at work in their lives and in the lives of those that love and care for them. Please grant patience and daily strength to recover well and a deep trust and confidence in you. We're reminded that you are all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. We pray for all people in the world that you have made. We pray for those who lead countries. May they seek you and know you, love you, and honour you. May they love their neighbour as themselves. We ask this, Lord, for ourselves too. Fill us with your love that it may overflow to others. We pray particularly for Eswatini and the sudden situation of unrest in that country. Thank you that they have some leaders in the government who trust you. Please grant them wisdom in the decisions they make. May your hand be at work this very day, providing and protecting for your glory and the good of the people especially in Belembu, where food is short for the hundreds of children living there. And Lord, we thank you for the Bible. Thank you we can hear you speaking to us when we prayerfully read it. You inspired the writers and you make your truth come alive in our hearts. We pray for our friends, John and Abby, as they help students and friends and contacts in Nigeria to know you better and understand that the Bible reveals you. May they know you more and trust you in all they do, all they say, and all they plan. Thank you that we can pray to you, our rescuer, our Lord. May we point to you in the words we say and in the way we say them, that you may be praised. Amen. Amen. Lovely. Thanks, Rob and Jackie. Um, so, we've seen the first thing that Paul has said our conversation should be like. It should be full of grace, full of Jesus. Let's now look at the second thing that he says. Here he is. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt. <laughs> you quite all right, Paul. What on earth are you talking about? Have you been watching too much MasterChef? Seasoned with salt. What on earth does he mean? How can our words be seasoned with salt? Hmm. Well, to help us think about that, I'd like you to look under your seats. And you should all have one of these. A packet of crisps. Salt and shake. One of my favourites. Right. Give them an open. 
Open them up. It's not too early for crisps. It's half past nine on Sunday. That's fine. That's okay. Open them up uh, and try one. Share them out. Just try one crisp. What do you reckon? Not great. A bit bland, aren't they? There's not much flavour to them at all. I don't think I want to eat many more of those. They're not particularly good. Well, have a little dig around in the packet and you should find one of these. A little sachet of salt. Give it a little shake. Tear it open. There you go. Try not to get salt everywhere. Tear it open. Pour it in. There you go. Pour it all in. Grab the packet and give it a shake. Shake it up. Make sure you get that salt all over it. Shake it up. Okay, good. Got good shaking going on. Now, make sure it's a good proper shake. And now give it a try. Turn them on. Mmm. What do you reckon? <laughs> what do you reckon? Nicer, isn't it? <laughs> Much nicer. Oh, finally. They've got a bit of flavour. They're not just dry by themselves. They've actually got a bit of flavour. The salt brings out the flavour in it so much, so much nicer. They want me to make you eat more, don't you? So feel free, keep munching away. That's fine. Enjoy those nice, now salted crisps. So you see, when Paul says our words should be seasoned with salt, our words should be salty, he means that our words should do just what the salt does to the crisps. Our words should be good. Our words should add value. Our words should be tasty. People should enjoy listening to what we have to say. They should enjoy and they should want more. They want to keep on hearing, keep on eating the words that we say. See, words that aren't salty are words that say nasty things about people. Words that are unkind. Words that are unloving. Words like swear words, like arguing, like lying, gossiping, name-calling. These are all words that aren't salty. These are all words that aren't good. These aren't words that people want to hear, really. But words that are seasoned with salt, words that are tasty, and words that are good, are words that encourage people, words that build people up, words that aren't rude or words that aren't dirty, but words which people want to hear more of. Words which stand up for the truth. Words that say things that are right and good. And words that you quite often find are very different from everyone else, from those around you. So tomorrow, when you're at school and your classmates are saying nasty things behind someone's back, will you not join in and instead say something good? Say something nice and encouraging and build someone up? When you're at work and a colleague is, is having a go at someone, instead of joining in and saying something nasty, will you build them up? Will you encourage them? If you're out playing sport with your friends or just being with other people, will you steer clear of swearing, saying nasty things, and instead speak words that are seasoned with salt, words that are good, words that add value, words that are tasty? You see... Even if you're not speaking about Jesus directly, even if you're not saying the name Jesus, the words that you say can still have a big impact. The words you say and the way you say them can still point people to Jesus. If your words are tasty and good, people will notice. People will notice that there's something different about the way that you speak. 
You never know. They may ask you why. Why don't you swear? Why weren't you joining in with that? And then that gives you a platform to speak about Jesus, to speak about how he has transformed you, transformed your life and transformed your words. And then you can speak about Jesus. So there, there's the two things that Paul says. Our conversation should be full of grace and it should be seasoned with salt. Or in other words, our conversation should be full of Jesus and our conversation should be good and it should be tasty. But there are another couple of words in this verse that are really important for us to think about. Here they are. Paul says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. See the two words, always and everyone. Our words should be gracious and should be salty always, not just on a Sunday, not just when we feel like it, not just when we're in a good mood, but every single day of the week. Whether we're happy, whether we're sad, whether it's night or day, work, school, home, our words should be like this all of the time. And see that last word at the end, our words should be like this to everyone, not just to our family or to our Christian friends, but to all of our friends, to our colleagues, to the postman, to the people we find it really hard to get along with, all the way down to the person at the till in Waitrose. Our words should be salty, should be tasty and good to everyone. That's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> to always and everyone, our words are to be like this. Goodness me. If you think back to this last week, how many times did you say the name Jesus in your conversation? Think of me, not many, if at all. How many times would you say that your words were really good and tasty and built people up and encouraged people? Maybe a little bit, but definitely not always. Goodness me, this is a big challenge, isn't it? Big challenge. But the joy of this is that we're not left alone to do this. We have help. We have God with us each and every day to help us. That's why prayer is so important when it comes to our conversation being like this. It's why Paul, at the very beginning of this section, starts off by saying, be devoted to prayer. (laughs) We need all the help we can get. So we need to keep praying, to keep asking God for help as we look to have our conversation full of Jesus and full of good words. That is a wonderful help. That's all the help we really need. But if that wasn't enough, and it certainly is enough, God gives us each other as a church family to help. Here on the screen is is the last section of the book of Colossians. And don't worry about reading it all. But you can just see all those little bits in red, right? Those are all people's names. Paul finishes the book of Colossians just after this section by telling the people in the church of Colossae, here are all the people who also trust in Jesus, who are also looking to do all of these things. Some of them were in the church with them, but some were spread all the way across the world. See, Paul wants to encourage the church to say, there's lots of us together trying to do this. They're all names of other Christians. There's some of them there. I won't try and pronounce all of them. But you see, the same is true for us. Imagine those names are all names of people here this morning, people in our church family. Replace those names. We've got the Turtons, the Poots, the Elliots, Dave Green, the McCaigs. They could go on and on and on. The joy of being part of a church family is that we can come together to encourage and to pray for each other as we look to do these things. As we look to have our conversation full of Jesus 
and have conversation that's tasty and conversation that is good. We're all to speak about Jesus. Speak about him in our words and speak to him, speak in a way that points to him. And as we do so, we do it together and encourage each other and pray for each other as we do so. So as we finish, that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for each other as we look to do this. Pray for each other that in the next week we will have the opportunity and the boldness to say the name Jesus in our conversations, to speak of him. And to then speak in all the rest of our conversation in a way that points to him, in a way that's salty, tasty, and that's good. So you'll see on the screen here, here are some of the names of people here this morning at this service. Now, have a look around, see if you can spot them. And what we're going to do is just spend a couple of minutes and pick a name, pick a few names and pray for them. Maybe look, see if you can point them out, make eye contact, pray for them, pray for them this week in whatever they might be doing. That in their conversations, whoever it might be with, that they would be able to say the name Jesus. That they have the opportunity to speak of him. And that in all of their conversation to everyone, their words would be salty, their words would be good, and that people would notice. So again, we're just going to go for a couple of minutes. If you pray for someone, have a look around, pick someone else, pray for them. Sorry if I've missed your name on there. Everyone should be there if you signed up, uh, but apologies if you missed. So have a couple of minutes now together as a family, as a couple, or by yourself, pick some names and pray for them. Pray that their words would be salty and good and pray that they can speak of Jesus. And then we'll finish up by singing. Good stuff. Well, do keep those prayers going. Pray for yourself, you, your own family this week as you look to have your conversation in a way that we've looked at. And keep praying for each other. Maybe get in touch with someone this week who you've been praying for this morning. Ask them, how's it going? How can I keep praying for you? Who are you looking to speak to about Jesus this week? We're going to finish now by singing uh, another song together. Uh, and in the second verse, it says these words, Give us your strength, O God, and courage to speak. Perform your wondrous deeds through those who are weak. Because that's what we need, right? We need strength from God to be able to do this because it's not easy. So as we sing this, let's sing those words. Ask God for strength and for courage to speak. We certainly can be weak at times when we try to do this. We're never going to get this right all the time. But the joy of what God, God does, he can still use us even in our weakness, even when we make mistakes, even when we don't do this very well. He can still use us. He can still use us to do amazing things in the lives of other people. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been lovely to see you all. Uh, and do uh, remember those things as we leave this week. Remember to try and speak about Jesus, try and get the name Jesus into a conversation uh, and have our words be salty. Your words are tasty and words that are good in the way that we speak. But but as we finish, let me pray and then we can head off. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the grace you have shown to us in Jesus. Lord, thank you that because he died and rose again, we can be forgiven for all that we've done against you. Lord, thank you that that wonderful truth changes everything about who we are and what our mission and what our role is here on earth. Lord, thank you for these last few weeks that we've had in the book of Colossians. Lord, I thank you for the way that Jesus transforms how we pray, that Jesus transforms our actions, and Jesus transforms our words. Lord, I pray you would help us all remember these things as we leave here and we go out into the world, wherever that might be, and to make you known and to share that wonderful, wonderful news of what you've given us. So help us all. Give us the strength we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great. Good to see you all.
Have a good week.